0: Hi, welcome to the City View Phoenix podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. For me, one of the most testing of my patients' times in life was teaching my kids how to ride a bike. I am not a teacher at heart. I'm a preacher and a truth teller, not a pre- teacher a teacher. And so I remember the first time I took my kids out, it was Judah, I took him out to ride a bike, and, and he caught on, he caught on fairly quick, took him a bit, but he caught on, and you may think, but maybe some, maybe some of you have never taught a kid how to ride a bike. It's a lot. There's a lot that goes into riding a bike, there's a lot about balance, there's a lot about each foot where it needs to go, where the pedal starts, how to stop. And then my son, yeah, you don't want to fall forward. And then my my son, Joel, Laramie taught Joel how to ride a bike. And then it came to Ezra, my youngest. Ezra and I are not a whole lot alike. And Ezra, I knew it was going to be a little more difficult teaching Ezra how to ride a bike. And so I prayed, God, I need patience today. You don't want to ever pray for patience. Because it, it would be nice if, when God, like you, prayed to God and asked for patience, that somehow magically you are overwhelmed with patience. Like you have this peace that flows into your heart, and all everything just sort of is like, shh, and like this wave of calmness comes over your body, and you're just like, "I'm patient." No. Usually, patience comes by somebody going, "Hey, dad, 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 dad." You're like, "Yes, my son." And so I teach my son how to ride a bike, and I didn't do very good the first day. I did good the first like hour, and then, and then we had to take a break. We went and got McDonald's, and then, we started again. And then after weeks and weeks of learning, he learned how to ride a bike. Many of us, the reason why we struggle with patience is because we get frustrated with ourselves because we don't know how to do what we're asking somebody else to do. My wife and I were talking about this this morning. and I was telling her the illustration I was going to use and I almost hurt myself. See if I ever listen to the young people again. But many times as parents, we lose our patience because we don't have the answer, and we wish we did. And many times as people, we lose our patience because we don't have the answer, and we wish we did. And our patience is a lot like this rubber band, where our patience gets stretched, and we go throughout life and whatever it is and we get, if somebody asks us or we, we do something and somebody does it wrong or we do it wrong and our patients get stretched. And little by little our patients just get stretched, get stretched and get stretched. And, and then we get calm, we get calm, right? Is that you? Are you? Do you deal with patients like that where you get stretched and by the end of the day you're like, you have nothing left to give? But how many of you in the morning, you, how many of you ever woken up like this? Anybody ever woken up like this? And so your patience is already running thin. You don't have much left to give. I've been there. I've been at this moment where my patience is stretched. And then all of a sudden, I walk right in the door. I come home from work, and my son goes, Dad, can you put a new tire on my bike? Because my bike tire blew up. And then my patience gets stretched. And then somebody doesn't do something I wanted them to do. My patience gets stretched a little more. And then I'm asking, somebody else is asking me for help, and then I snap. Those of you who are worried whether or not that hurt, it didn't hurt too much. It hurt more this service than last service. but You see, that's so much of what happens in our day, isn't it? We only have so much to give. And at some point, if we're not depending on a higher power, meaning Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, God, our patience will snap. Today, we're going to be looking at how Do we win at parenting and we got to win at patience? We're going to be looking at in life, how can we be patient with each other? Let's pray and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for today. Thank you, God, that you are patient with us. Also, thank you I didn't get hurt. Lord, I ask that you would help us, Lord, speak to us, meet us in this moment. Or whatever's going on, whatever anxious thoughts, whatever worries, concerns, whatever doubts, whatever thing brings us here today as we sit in this pew, this seat. God, I ask that you would bring an overwhelming peace to our soul. Lord, I ask that you'd speak to your people at churches all over the valley, Lord, today, wherever they are sitting. Lord, whether they're at a CCB campus, maybe Valley Life, uh, Tremano, um, maybe they're at Cross Church. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us here at City View. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, good morning, and welcome to City View. My name is Jeremiah. I am the lead pastor here at City View, and it is my joy and honor to, to share with you from God's Word about something God's been teaching me about my entire life as parenting. I, as a parent, I've learned more and more how I'm not the most patient person in the world. It's hard for me. Patience is not easy. Uh, my wife is a saint. I am not. Um, I, I, I struggle with it. This, so what I'm going to share with you guys today is out of my own struggle and out of my own depravity and how much I wish I could be better, but that's something I'm working on. I want to become a more patient person. Even last service, my mic didn't work. This mic, because we have a new mic, I have this headset mic and we have a handheld mic and they're on the same signal. And last service, they both got turned down, so neither one worked. Now, there have been times in the past where we've had technical difficulties, and I'll say something to our sound tech or somebody, and, and I'll be mean. I've done that before. And I was just like, well, all right, give me a handheld if I need it. And I was just like, eh, it happens. Like, and somebody noticed, and they go, Jeremiah, that's really cool. I'm glad you, you, like, I've seen guys blow up on other people. I'm like, well, I've done that too. So, I'm no saint. But I'm sure we all struggle with patience at some point in our life. Did you know the average American struggles with stress? 33% of the average Americans struggle with not just stress, but extreme stress. 77% of Americans struggle with stress at some point of their day and in their life. Did you know that? I read another study that said, like, I think it was 73% of Americans struggle with anxiety. All these come from not having patience. All these are a stem from lack of patience in our life, and our lives, our rubber band, being stretched so much. And our anxiety, our stress, all of these are being stressed, and we're breaking rubber bands all day long. How many of you could go through, like, a handful of these? You're just like, give me rubber bands, I could bust as many as you want. That's your life. Man, me right here, like... It's so me. One psychologist, a, a lady by the name of Dr. Judith Orloff, said this, why patience, learning to be patient is good for you. Practicing patience will help you dissipate stress, and give you a choice about how you respond to disappointment and frustration. When you can stay calm, centered, and not act rashly out of frustration, all areas of your life will improve. Patience is good for us. Another doctor at UC Davis, uh, a, a, a doctor by the name of Robert Emmons, said this, patient people enjoy better mental health. Patient people tend to experience less depression negative emotions, perhaps because they can cope better with upsetting or stressful situations. When we learn patience, when we can learn how to be patient, being patient is better for you in so many areas. Here's one, one study I read that four reasons why you need to cultivate patience. Patient people enjoy better mental health. I can tell you when I'm in a patient, when I'm actually seeking the Lord and, and asking God to help me be, be patient, my mental health is better. But it's when I am stretched, it's when I'm doing too much and I'm trying to add too many things to my life, my mental health goes out the door. Ask my wife. She can tell. She's like, you need a break because my rubber band is snapped. Another reason patient people are better, friends and neighbors, because you have time to say hello. You have time to say hi. Patience helps you achieve your goals. You see, when we're so busy going from one thing to another, we can be so busy in life. So busy, frustrated with what didn't work, frustrated with this, frustrated with whatever things are coming across your path. We all have things, and we just add so much to our life. And then we we, we usually do is we table God and other things get more. And when we do that, we start losing focus on really what it is we want to do. But when you, when you learn patience, it helps you achieve your goals. Patience is also linked to good physical health. When you learn how to be patient, patient people are physically healthier. I can tell you right now, my physical and mental health, because I am just stretched right now, is like going out the door. It's tough. How many of you can relate? I read a study for those of you who are parents out there. If you're a parent of a kid between the ages of 3 and 5 years old, this this is going to help you understand why your patience is non-existent. Did you know that the average child between the ages of 3 and 5 ask 73 questions every hour? every hour that would be like somebody doing this to you for an every hour and they're awake on what average of 14 hours a day so 73 times 10 is 730 add another four more sets of 73 and that gets you to a big number right so can you imagine like so those of you who are parents of a three to five year old they're doing this to you Every hour, seventy-three times for fourteen hours a day. So if you're going, why don't I have patience? It's because, because your kids are going, Mom, why is the why is the sky blue? Why is this? Why is this? Mom, are we going to do this? Mom, what's for dinner? Mom, la. la, 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 la. And Dad's your kids. Here, they're not done asking questions by the time you get home from work. They still have seventy-three questions every hour till they go to bed. But now they've got two people to ask seventy-three questions. Who knows if that doubles? I don't know. And then when kids grow up, kids ask. It's 96. Six questions every day as they get older so if you're a parent of kids under the age of 18 that might be why you are stressed it's because you are being asked questions and if you're a teacher of five-year-olds four-year-olds and three-year-olds quit (laughs) just kidding don't quit we need you we need you But you see, we all are under stress. Our patience is being stretched all day, every day. And if we don't figure out how to manage it, you will continue to be stretched and stretched, and you will snap and snap and snap and snap, and you will live in a state of frustration. Anger and disappointment every day of your life. Because that's me. I'm not the most patient person. Everything I teach today is not because I'm a pro. It's because I stink at it and I'm learning how to get better. Everything I say today is not because I figured it out. I haven't. I'm learning just like you. I just have to go through it a week before you do. So I preach about patience. You guys are all going to have to work on your patience this week. Good luck. I've had to work on it since I started this series. And I'm just like, oh, God, I I don't want to. I told my wife, I said, I'm a terrible parent. Until we realize God's grace is good, even even in our terrible parenting, we will always feel like a failure. But because God loves me, He takes me as a rubber band, he says, Let's fix that. Let's tie it back up. And then you stretch and stretch and you're like, Oh I've got it broke again. He's like, It's okay, it's okay. And when your rubber band gets too small, he's like, It's okay, it's okay. So patience. How do we learn more about how to be patient? The best, most perfect patient. In the world was a man named Jesus. He's a Jewish carpenter who grew up in a time where people hated him. He had people that hated him, but the, he had thousands of people that loved him. Everybody wanted his attention, whether it was negative or positive attention. Everybody wanted his attention. So if you can picture yourself going to work, and there's those people that like you, but they still want you to do something like, hey, can you, can you, can you? And then there's the the one guy who wants you to quit, who hates you, and so they're going to continue to push you and try to get you to quit and try to push you out. That's the tension we find Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 5, and we're going to end. Enter into this tension of Jesus, and we're going to see how Jesus was patient, okay? So Jesus, in Mark chapter 5, Jesus has been doing ministry for quite a while now, and he's been seeing God do amazing things. Now, just before we get into our main passage of verse 21, I want to catch you up to where Jesus was. So Jesus was across the sea. He was on the other side. He was in this place called Gennesareth, and in Gennesareth, as soon as he got out of the boat over on that side, this guy who was demon-possessed meets Jesus. This psychotic, crazy guy. I'm sure you've seen, Perry, some people like that. Maybe downtown Phoenix, you've seen homeless people and different things. And you've seen those people that just sort of like, you're sort of scared. You don't know what's about to happen. They're coming at you, and you've seen that. So, but this guy, is, it's not just that. This guy is demon-possessed. He has a demon inside him, and he's coming at Jesus. And if you've ever dealt with spiritual things, not only is it physically exhausting, it's mentally exhausting. So Jesus casts this demon out, sets this guy free, changes this guy's life. This guy goes and starts preaching Jesus to these ten cities called the cities of the Decapolis. These Roman cities. Jesus then heads on over to the other side of the sea. So Jesus is stressed, okay? He's got a lot going on. Can you picture? He's got a lot going on. He gets in his boat with his 12 buddies. They go over to the other side of the sea. As soon as they get out of the boat, he's hit with questions. I don't know how many of you are dads out there, but have you ever gotten home and as soon as you walk in the door, your kid's like, hey dad, 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 Can you do this? Can you do this? Hey dad, are we going to go do this? Hey dad, what's for dinner? And your wife has all these things as well. And you got all these questions all of a sudden at once. And you just had a nice drive home. Jesus had a nice boat float over to the other side. Talking to his 12 friends. Who knows what they were talking about? I'm sure they were talking about normal stuff because they're guys. And. We don't always go super deep. Some of our deepest conversations are like, so really, what is your favorite hamburger? So he gets out of the boat. The first thing to meet him is found in verse 21. It says, when Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him. And he stayed by the seashore. And one of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up. And seeing him, he fell at Jesus' feet. And he implored, earnestly, saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. And Jesus went off with him. And a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. So remember, Jesus had just left the stressful situation. He gets out of the boat. All these people meet him. Jesus is barely able to get out of the boat onto the shore. He has all these people asking him questions. And then he has this guy named Jairus, who is an official of the synagogue. And he's asking Jesus to help. And he's begging him to help. He's begging and pleading with him. And Jesus could have said, wait, you're from the Jewish synagogue? You hate me. Aren't you the guy who, who tried, haven't you tried to kill me before? Like, you're not even my friend. This guy who's bowing down, begging Jesus to come and heal his daughter. Jesus could have been like, but dude, we're not even like, we're not even on one-on-one conversation kind of guys. Like, you're mean. You help the mean guys. You're, you're on the bad team. Jesus could have been like, hey, n- dude, man, you need to earn my help first. Jesus could have been like, dude, who are you to ask me? Oh, I see, now, have any of you ever had this thought before? Oh, so now you need my help? Oh, now you're asking me a question? If you would have asked me an hour ago when I told you, hey, do you need help with that? If you would have just asked me then, we wouldn't be in this situation now. Anybody ever been in that situation before? Your kid's come to you and like, I need this project done now. When's it due? Tomorrow. Didn't I ask you two weeks ago if you needed help? Uh, Yeah. So now you need me? Here's the thing. Here's, Here's something we learn about Jesus and patience, the first point. Patient love is never to be earned, always to be given. Patient love is never to be earned always to be given. It's not easy. I'm not telling you easy things. I'm just telling you what Jesus does. This guy didn't have to earn Jesus' love. He didn't have to earn Jesus' patience. Jesus just gave it to him freely because that's the kind of love that Jesus has. He has a love that is patient. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, love is patient. Say that with me. Love is patient. Say it with me. Love is is patient. Whether you believe in Jesus or not, whether you believe in God or not, whether this is the first time to church or not, love is patient. That is just a truth and it will pay off in such great rewards. So Jesus goes with this dad who would beg and beg with him. So can you imagine the panic? How many of you, have you ever been in that panic where you need somebody's help right now? You feel like the whole world's gonna come apart if they don't come with you right now. How have you ever been in that panic mode? Raise your hand if you've been in that panic mode. You're like, I need you now. When do you need it done? Yesterday. Ah. So everybody's panicking. You're like, Oh my gosh, is it going I know if you're in construction, I know you've been in there. I've got a few friends in here. You're, you know that. You're like, uh, When do we need? We need it done like last week. How long do I have to get it done? Tomorrow. That's the stat. Jesus could have said, why didn't you come to me when I was over on this side last week? Well, she wasn't that sick. I don't care. So then Jesus leaves with him because it doesn't need to be earned. It says a woman who had been hemorrhaging for over 12 years, um, verse 25, and had endured much pain at the hands of the physician that had spent, that, spent all that she had and was, had not been helped but rather had gotten worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up to him in the crowd behind him and she touched his cloak for she thought, if I just touch Jesus' garment, I will get well. And immediately the flow of her blood and her body dried up. And she felt her body, that she was healed of her affliction. And immediately in that moment, Jesus perceiving in himself that the power had proceeded from him, he turned around and he said, who touched me? Who touched me? And his disciples, they turned to him and they said, Jesus, do you not see the crowd pressing in on you? And you ask, who touched you? Has anybody ever told you there's no stupid questions? Jesus, this is a stupid question. Who touched you? Are you kidding me right now? We learn about two different kind of patient people here. Impatient and patient. And Jesus looked around and saw the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, she came and fell down before him and told him, him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter... Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. This woman who had gone through everything, Jesus is walking with a crowd. And if you can picture the dad trying to get Jesus to his daughter, he's in a hurry. He's rushing. He's trying to get Jesus to run. Have you ever been in that moment where you're in such a panic? It needs to be done now. And so you just want to get from point A to point B. You see, Jesus, he, he knows how to get to point B. But he might have an A.1 appointment that he's okay with. And so as Jesus is in a rush, this woman reaches out with her last hope, touching Jesus. And we see how patient Jesus is in this moment. He turns around. He could have, he turned around and he says, who touched me? He could have been like, okay, who touched me? You did. Okay, great. I'm glad you're better. I got to go. Because that's what so many times what we do. And I'll tell you, for me, as a pastor, it's so hard for me not to give every person, like, a little bit of time. Because I'm just rushing and rushing and rushing. and I just, I want to say hi to everybody, but I can't. It's only possible in a church of, like, 25. But God hasn't done that. God has grown this church. So when you see, and I'm rushing, it's not because my heart isn't to love you. I try to the best of my ability. Jesus and and we see Jesus' patience and his question who touched me and we see the disciples their impatience and does it matter? Because you, you will hear some people like it doesn't matter just keep going, keep going, keep going keep trucking, keep going, keep going and we see this great love of Jesus and here's another point we learn about being parents, as parents stopping for our kids should never be an inconvenience Patient love is okay with interruptions. Patient love is okay with interruptions. Patient love is about the one. And so Jesus stopped and he's talking with this lady and he's hearing her story. If you saw that, I don't know. He he asked her, but the woman fearing the truth. And she began to tell him the whole truth, not just like the little bit. She told him the whole truth, and I, for me, I, I sort of picture, there's a movie called Goonies, and there's a scene with this guy and this kid named Chunk, and they say, tell us from the beginning, what happened? He says, okay, when I was five, I pushed my sister down the stairs, and then when I was six, I was at a movie theater, and I threw up, and then everybody started throwing up, and and he's crying and, and he started from the beginning and he's telling this really long story. Any of you in here, really long storytellers? Like if somebody asks you just, hey, so what happened today? And you don't just start at like the beginning. If you're a really long, admit it. Admit it. I, I have some friends. You are like, I know if I'm gonna ask you how to do something, I know I'm gonna get the really long way. I know it's not gonna be like if I, you know, I have a friend, he, he's into fishing. If I ask him how to fish, he's not just gonna tell me like the one thing, he's the teacher about fishing. Who he's gonna tell me the real. The rod, the line, the hook, how to do the hook, tie it, it's going to be the long story. So this woman, I sort of picture her, Jesus says, just tell me your life. And she tells him the whole truth. Because if she didn't tell him the whole truth, how do we have this story? Have you thought about that? Do you think the disciples just happen to write it down like, okay, we saw this today? No, no. It's because John or Mark, Peter, I'm not even on the right page on this Bible. <laughs> Peter, Mark writes Peter's side of the story. He says, Mark said, okay, and then I heard the craziest story. He goes, we're in this crowd, and we're in a hurry. There's this Jewish guy, and nobody liked him. And he's sort of a jerk, but it's whatever, it's besides the fact. And we're walking through this crowd, and then Jesus stops us because he's like, who touched me? And I'm looking at him like... Jesus, are you kidding me right now? And Mark's like, are you kidding me right now? No, don't write that part. Don't write that part. And Jesus sits and listens because that's patient love. That's patient love. Patient love is okay with interruptions. And then it says, and while he was still speaking. How many of us have missed that verse before If you're a Bible reader, if you're new to Jesus, and this might be your first time, you're not going to miss this verse because I'm going to break it down for you right now. While he was still speaking, who's he speaking to? I think the woman. She's down on the ground, and he's down right there with her. He's probably kneeling. He's like, so tell me, so every doctor in this entire village? She goes, not just here, but every doctor all over. He's like, how long have you been struggling with this? Twelve years. He's like, twelve years. I'm so sorry, honey. I'm so sorry. Tell me about it. What, what? Tell me about just how that did to you emotionally. And she's like, I just felt like there was no more hope. Jesus. He's like, I'm so sorry. But she goes. He goes. Why'd you Why'd you reach out to me today? And she goes. Well, I heard about you. He goes. Yeah. He goes. And I remember. She maybe she says. I'm like. I remember hearing. A verse, she would have known a verse I remember hearing from the prophet Micah and he said in his writings that there's healing in your wings and Jesus I know the wings of, of, of the, the prayer shawl you wear that that's your wings And I, it, if Micah's telling the truth then I knew that there's healing in those and he's like yeah so what'd you do next not like he didn't know well, I, I reached out and I touched him. And what happened? I got healed. And his disciples, they're listening like, this is the craziest thing ever. You've got all of them are writing down the story. Peter's remembering, Peter wasn't a writer. Peter's more like, just like a fisherman. man. He's like, somebody else write this for me. And then Jesus overhears, it says, while he was speaking, they came from his house. The synagogue officials say, and they, they told the official... Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher anymore? Because Jesus stopped. The guy's daughter passed away. Our kids should never feel like they are are troubled. Or they are a trouble. Our kids should never feel like they are trouble. This, This dad now, he felt like he was troubling the teacher. He was troubling Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I'm, I'm sorry for bothering you. Jesus is never bothered by you. He is never bothered by you. You can't annoy him. You can't hurt him. You can't offend him. You may think I am the worst person ever. No, Jesus loves. That's who he is. He loves and so this story, he hears this dad, and can you imagine where the dad went? He hears his daughter is dead. Can you imagine where his mind immediately went? It went to fear. How do we know? Because it says in verse 36, but Jesus, overhearing, he said to the lady, hey, you know what, I, I could sit and talk to you all day long, but I've got to go. And guess what she said? She's like, I get it, I get it, thank you so much, I'm, I'm so glad to be healed. And he turns to the dad. Can you picture the story now with me? I'm adding a little bit, but I, I, I have an imagination. So I think if, if Jesus is like any of us, this is a conversation. It's not, just a, it's not just writing. It's a story. It's the true story of Jesus Christ. So it says, but Jesus overhearing what was spoken, he said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid any longer. Only believe because he knew that's immediately where that parent's mind went it went to fear and how many of us in a moment like this our minds have went to fear when we don't have control and we don't know how to answer a situation our minds go to fear we go to the worst thing we don't go to the best thing they call you and say i've got a big problem on the job your immediate thought is i'm gonna lose my job you get a call from your teacher i've got to go meet with the hey we need to talk to you about your child you're like oh dear lord my child is failing and they're like hey your kid won an award. You're like, oh, that's it? Yeah. What'd you think? I don't know. I thought maybe my kid beat up another kid again. <laughs> you never know with my kid. But Jesus says, don't fear. You guys, here's the thing. Patient love is clear and speaks the truth. So sometimes the, the main thing, the thing that needs to be said to our kids, to people, is come out with the truth right away. Don't hold on to it. On to it. And Jesus tells his dad, he could have said, Jesus could have told the dad, hey, let's go then. He could have just said, you know, hey, he hears that, hey, oh, your daughter's dead, let's go. He could have just gone, right? But what does he do? He, he takes time to tell the dad the truth. Hey, don't be afraid. I've got this. D- do you get that in there? How many of us have, have gone to go fix something, but we didn't bother telling the truth before we got there? So we left somebody in limbo of knowing the truth. Anybody ever done that? Because that's been me. You've left somebody in limbo, not saying, hey, you know what? We're going to take care of it. Here's how we're going to take care of it. I've got it under control. And then all of a sudden you've put them at ease. And that's where this dad is. He's now at ease because he realizes he can trust Jesus. Here's another thing. Patient love doesn't leave room for doubt. So it says, verse 37, and he, and, and he allowed no one to accompany him except Peter and James and John and the brother of James. And they came to the house of the synagogue official, and he saw, a, he saw a commotion, and the people loudly weeping and wailing. And he entered in, and he said to them, why make a commotion and weep? The child's not dead, but he's a, but she's asleep. And they began to laugh at him, They're like, Jesus, you have no clue what you're talking about. You see, Jesus knows more about your life than you do. You may look at things that they're dead. Jesus says, no, they're just asleep. Let me wake it for you. Let me get it going. That's good right there. That'll preach. I didn't say that the last service. So there may, be some, there may be some things in your life that you may feel are dead. Dead emotion. Dead marriage. Dead relationship of you and your kids. Dead job. Dead finances. Dead health. You may be in that. But Jesus says, no. It's just asleep. Let me wake it up. So, they began laughing at him, but putting them all out, he said, guys, get out of this house. Jesus doesn't, he doesn't deal with mm, inconveniences like that. He's like, you're just a distraction to the people I'm focusing on. So sometimes, it's okay to get rid of the commotion. How many of us, we don't? I didn't preach that last service either. How many of us, we let the commotion into our lives? And that commotion, it just goes, shh, shh, shh. Gets rid of the commotion takes the father and mother into the room and he says, taking the child by the hand he said to her, Talitha kum which means little girl, I say to you get up and immediately the girl got up and began to walk for she was 12 years old and immediately they were completely astounded did Jesus have to touch her? you know if you look at other places, Jesus healed people, he's he could have said, as soon as that dad came and said, actually, my daughter, she died. Jesus could have said from here, said, okay, you know what, go home, your daughter's alive. Because he's done that before. Jesus could have just said to her name, whatever, we only know her by, she's a little girl. Little girl, arise. He could have just said that. He could have just done that. Why did he touch her? Because the dad asked. verses 21 and 22 he said will you please come and touch my daughter you see patient love has a personal touch patient love is personal patient love is personal so Jesus goes and he touches and he heals her and he brings life so how can we as parents how can we as people Live a life that's full of love. I'm going to give you seven things real quick. Pause. If you want to be more patient, learn to pause. If you want to be more patient, stop being so busy. If you want to be more patient, follow through. So many times as parents, the reason why we lose patience is So many times as people, the reason why we don't, we lose patience is because we don't follow through. We say, hey, go clean your room. And then we get distracted. And the next thing we do, we walk up to the room and it's not clean. Because just like you got distracted, so does your 10-year-old little boy. Follow through. How else? Step back and evaluate the situation. Whatever it is, step back. Be willing to step back and, and just pause for just a second. Look at the situation from that person's eyes. Try try to capture it from their eyes. Take time for yourself. Maybe you need a personal break. Jesus, he constantly went away and prayed. That's what he did to pause his own soul. Maybe you need that. The final thing is learn to pray. Pray in those moments. Here's the reality. You're going to mess up. Your rubber brand is going to break this week. Maybe even today. Maybe even before lunch. Uh, you're like, thanks for the hope, Pastor. I'm just being real. I don't want to lie to you. Like, hey, all of you, you're cured of impatience. Go home. Be free. Be loving. Yay. No, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it's, it's tough. Here's one of the coolest things, even when you're not patient, God's always patient with you. He patiently waits for each and every one of us. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says this, The Lord is not slow about his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. God's patient with you, not wishing any to perish, but for all come to repentance. So I know we all have lost our patience at some point. I know we all have probably felt like failures. I want you to know today that God loves you. That Jesus is patient with you. That God has a life for you like you could never imagine or think. That God wants to do great things with you and God will patiently wait for you because that's the kind of God he is. He is a patient God who loves you, who cares for you, who wants what's best for you. He gets it that we lose our patience. He gets it that we're not perfect. He's okay with that. And he's patiently waiting. He's long-suffering for you. And he says just like to that father, will you just believe in Will you just believe have never given your life over to Jesus and you want to know that God loves you, that Jesus can change you and save you, that Jesus wants to not only make your life better, but he wants to make you better at life. If you want to know those things and believe those things and have a heart change inside you from the inside out where he's making you a new man, a new woman, a new mom, a new dad, a new husband, a new wife, a new kid if you want to know that today, that Jesus wants to change you for the good, I ask that you pray with me right now. These words are nothing magical, but I'm going to guide you in a place where you can sort of come before God and say, God, I want something new. If that's you, let's all bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Nothing weird is going to happen. Nobody's going to come up and bop you. But pray with me. Say, dear God, forgive me God thank you for being patient with me thank you for loving me thank you that Jesus died on a cross to love me and God I ask that you would change me from the inside out, make me new, forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my, my mistakes, And set me free. It's in your son Jesus' name. Jesus you see us, you love us, And Jesus I ask that you bless us, it's only in you that we have life only in you that we can have eternal life. It's only in you that we can have life change. So Jesus, I thank you. In your name. Amen. Did you decide to follow Jesus while listening to this podcast today? We want to celebrate with you and help you with your next steps. Click the link in the podcast description to get connected with a pastor and your next step. If you want to learn more about what's going on at City View, Download our CityView app through the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can find everything from special events, outreach opportunities, and additional resources all in one centralized location. Links are in the description below. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out our website at cityviewphx.com or download the CityView app on the App Store.